Welcome to Rodeo Boulevard, where we discuss everything beyond the white lines and road signs of the rodeo industry. I'm Jen. And I'm Josh. Enjoy the next podcast. Well, hey, everyone, if you're a football fan, then you know that the NFR is to rodeo as the Super Bowl is to football. And this weekend is Super Bowl number 53. With us on today's podcast, we have the pleasure and extremely exciting opportunity to visit with one of the team members of that New York Giants and Patriots matchup where the Giants won, six foot five then tight end, now steer wrestler, Bear Pasco. All right, everybody, welcome back to Rodeo Boulevard. We've brought you a, a very special guest in today to visit with us, um, a guy that has been through athletics on the football field as well as now it back into the rodeo arena. Bear Pasco, how are you, bud? Oh, doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. You bet, man. So um, I guess we'll start off with um, how did all this start for you? Wow, what what? What a past 15 years or 10 years it's been. Tell us about Bear Pasco from, from kind of younger age to, you know, when you decided football was your focus and then, you know, back now into the rodeo arena. Kind of give us a background and, and tell everybody what people don't know about about Bear Pasco. Oh, okay. Well, uh, shoot. I mean, not a, not a whole lot to tell. Pretty pretty simple anyways i mean i had a i as far back as i can remember um i had always had a a dream and a goal to play play football play in the nfl i as a young kid i i knew my dad had played college football and had an opportunity to play in the nfl and uh, had turned it down because for multiple reasons you know he was hurt and burned out and, and wanted to go rodeo as well and stuff. And so he, he took, he kind of took that direction, but, uh, I, I looked at it as a great opportunity to, uh, kind of go where, where he didn't, you know, and, uh, um, and, in you in a way to honor him. And so, uh, I mean, I remember like back in elementary school, kindergarten, uh, on up, if anybody asked me, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I I told them I wanted to be a football player, you know, like I want to play in the NFL, and uh, uh, so that was I had a mindset ever since I was a little kid, just, just that's what I was going to do, and uh, worked hard for it, but and uh, was very fortunate to to accomplish that goal uh, a few years ago, and uh, when I. After I got done playing college football, I was drafted into the NFL by the 49ers, and 
Um, didn't stick there very long. Ended up getting cut after my first training camp as a rookie and found myself on the, on a team with the New York Giants and uh, really found a home there and uh, was able to stick there for five years. And, and that's where in uh, 2011 we uh, we ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, there against against the Patriots. Yeah, wow. I'm, I mean, you know, kind of almost deja vu-ish, you know, with, with every year and, and this year, you know, them making it back and stuff for you. Tell us about that experience, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, people in our world, you know, talk about the grand entry of, of the NFR. Tell us about coming out of that tunnel, you know, at, at the Super Bowl. I'm sure that, you know, that – Anytime, you know, college at, at uh, you know, at Fresno State or, or, you know, playing anytime at home or whatever really got your blood pumping. But tell us about the bring up the, you know, everything about that day of the Super Bowl, the build up and what it was like, you know, for you. Oh, man, it was, it, it was literally a dream come true. And like, it really didn't hit me until about, oh, shoot, it was probably about two and a half hours before the game started and uh they they hadn't opened the stadium yet and we'd we'd got there early that you know right after our pregame meal we got to the stadium and i was kind of got changed and we're just kind of had my headphones on and you know walking around the stadium listening to music and stuff and like there was really nobody in the stadium and i was on the 50 yard line at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium and just looking around and I was just like, oh my God, we're getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. And <laughs> and that's when it really hit me and it was like, became really, you know, just kind of surreal and um, it was just an amazing experience. And then as you're, you're in the tunnel, you know, like we got, we got introduced as a team, you know, for both we hit going into the wild card game. Like we were hitting on all cylinders and stuff and leading up that week before the Super Bowl, I mean, it was an amazing experience because everybody was so focused and so just dialed into what we had to get done. And so when we were in the tunnel getting ready to run out on the field and just like there was just a, a calm just I don't know, just uh, everybody was excited, but they were just, they were calm, focused, and, and ready to go. And, uh, you know, we we were fortunate enough to come out on top that day against a, a really good New England team. And, uh, you know, it was at the end of it when the confetti was coming down and everything, it was just, it was a dream come true. It really was, and, and there's no really other, no other way to really explain it other than that. And, it was just, you know, amazing. And right. It was just really, really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> to, when you're say the least. when you're in in a scoring position, and your number gets called, what was that like? Like, you know, here here's the thing: is I've replayed a thousand times or a million times as a little kid to catch a Super Bowl pass in the in in the Super Bowl. What what was, mm-hmm. you know, what were you in in the in the moment of the game? Just I'm doing my job, or you know, when you when they called your number, what you know, what was that feeling like? Oh, it, it was it was really cool, really neat, you know, just because 
you know, come at that point, you know, once we, we come out of the tunnel and they did all, you know, the smoke and the lights and stuff and it, it came down to kickoff. It was just, it became another game. And, right. And, you know, I, I knew going into it that, you know, we, we had scripted the first 10 plays and I knew my number was getting called on the very first play of the game. And, and, uh, so I, I prepared myself, you know, I, I knew what was coming and, and I was ready for it. And so, and it was just at that point, just doing my job and doing it to the best of my ability and getting us started off on the right foot on, you know, as far as a positive play, a, a successful play. And, you know, we were able to do that and uh, just kind of got us headed in the right direction. And after that, you know, it was just I was just trying to do my part as one piece of the puzzle, puzzle, you know, uh, and not try to not do my best not to let the guy down next to me, you know. So when you think there about, like, having yourself prepared for that play and having yourself set up to be successful, is that – I mean, we all talk about the physical aspects, and I know that we want to talk to you a little bit about the physical training that you've done for both sports. But do you do some like some mental um, prep? Like, you know, a lot of the a lot of sports do a lot of sports visual visualization. Sorry, I can't even speak mm-hmm. this evening. Um, <laughs> you know, where you replay the run over and over, no matter what your sport is. You know, whether you're replaying that play or you're rerunning a steer or you're um, marking out a bronc, you know, every different aspect goes and replays those. So what's mental preparation in, in the football industry? Uh, you know, it, it's not much different than, you know, you know, sitting there and seeing the perfect run, you know, uh, running the, running the perfect run through your head. It, it's not much different. You're doing the same thing as far as the, you know, football athletic world, you know, you, like I said, you know, we had the first 10 plays scripted. You know, we knew what they were no matter what defense they were in, you know, down the distance, whatever, we were going to call these first 10 plays because those first 10 plays were going to tell us a lot about what they were going to do, you know, throughout the game. And so, you know, as far as my preparation, I'd get – we got to the stadium, I'd sit down in front of my locker, you know, get changed, you know, and just get into – you know, some gear and then sit there and I'd go through those top 10 plays, sit there. I'd read it, you know, memorize the keywords that told me where to go and what to do and, and stuff like that. And I, and the funny thing was, is when I was with the giants, like I'd have to know, I, I had to know three to four different positions on every play. And so I could, I could read one play and three different positions would run through my head in the snap of a finger. You know, I could – that's how well I knew that offense and, and how well prepared we I, – I mean, I felt I was, you know. And and it's – but it was the same way. You'd sit there, you'd read that play, and you'd run it through your head. And you're like, okay, they're supposed to be in this such-and-such such defense. You know, this is what I'm going to do if the – Outside linebacker is lined up outside of me. I'm going to take this release if he's in front of me. I'm going to take this, that release. You know, if the safety wants down, you, you put, try to play every scenario through your head. So when it happened, when you lined up and they got into a 4-3 defense with, you know, with the safety walk down into the box, you know, you knew what you were going to do. 
and you weren't surprised by it because you had run that situation and that scenario through your head a thousand times leading up to that moment, and you were ready for it. And at that point, it just became second nature, and you just let your your technique and your training take over. As you said at the beginning, Bear, you know, you felt um, maybe obligated isn't really the word, but, you know, your your dad, because of different circumstances, you know, had to turn down the opportunity to play in the NFL. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I know from spending time with you, you know, this summer and stuff, how how dear you hold family and how important it is to you. What was it like to turn around and see your family in the stands, you, you know, when you played and, and especially, you know, achieving that goal, you know, when they – when the confetti was coming down, you know, and everything, what, what was, uh, I mean, at that point, had you achieved your goal of, of, you know, letting your dad experience that, you know, through you Mm -hmm. at that point? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And, you know, and then like my first couple of years in the, in the NFL were kind of up and down, you know, just because, you know, I'd been, I'd been cut from the Niners and I was at the Giants and, you know, had a good first rookie year and then came back, went through training camp, got cut again, re-signed to the practice squad. So my first couple of years in the NFL was up and down. And so to be at that point, you know, at the Super Bowl and everything finally coming coming together and accomplishing that dream and to have my, not just my immediate family, but, you know, a good part of my my whole family there uh, was really special, and I, I feel I feel kind of bad, uh, and it's just because you know my parents and my brother were, you know, they had to get up and leave the game in the last two minutes of the game, uh, so they could get down in uh, in the tunnel so they could let them out on the field after the game. And those were two like two of the most exciting minutes of the game. Right. And so everything, you know, the, the Patriots are driving down in the last like, 30 seconds of the game, and, you know, Brady throws a Hail Mary, and we knock it down, and the game looks, clock ends and stuff. And I I knew where they were sitting, you know, because I, I could always find it was kind of an ACL because uh, whenever I had family at the game, and, and most of the time it was – it was always Katie. Like I, when we were stretching out on the field, I could always find Katie at the stadium, you know, mm-hmm. and in the stands. And whether it was a home game or an away game, if she was there, I could find her. It no, it never failed. I always knew where she was sitting, and I could find her and pick her out in the crowd. And so, so going into that game, I knew exactly where they were sitting the whole time. And uh, so the go back to my story, you know, we knocked the pass down and game in, so everybody's celebrating. Well, I, like, celebrate with my kids and I took out, out of the crowd and I run right over to where they're all at. And uh, I jump up in the stands and right there in the front couple of rows, Katie and my sister and my sister-in-law, Michelle, had pushed their way down into the front row and so they're all sitting there waiting for me. And so I'm celebrating with them. Well, my mom and dad and my brother are over in the tunnel still waiting to come out. They haven't let them out yet. So <laughs> they, they, they missed the whole, you know, confetti and everything, all 
the whole slow motion coming down and uh like I jumped down out of the stands and I grabbed I I threw some security guy in my helmet. I go, Hey, hold this and I threw him my <laughs> helmet and I jumped back up there and I grabbed Katie and I pulled her over and I grabbed my sister and pulled her over and Michelle and like I just got the three of them and I said, Come on, let's go and I like just headed back out onto the field to go celebrate and it was kind of funny because some security guy like brought my sister and he's like, No, you can't go and she yelled at me and go, Hey, don't go she's with me. Her dad's probably a pretty good coach for you too, huh? 
He is, oh, he's great. He's great. You know, he's he's the one that he. It was kind of funny, a neat little story, you know, because he he knew very. I I made it when when Katie and I started dating and stuff, and I kind of started coming around. There's a few guys that that practiced here at the house, and you know they were in college, and and I kind of made it known that you know this was something steer wrestling was something I'd love to do one day, and uh, so after a few years, you know. Katie and I had been dating, and it was looking like I was going to stick around for a while. Uh, <laughs> you know, jo- Johnny came to me and he goes, hey, he goes, he goes, I know you want to steer wrestle. And I go, yeah, I sure do, you know. And, and you know, if it's something, you know, we could kind of do in the off season, that'd be fun. And he goes, no. <laughs> he goes, when the time comes, he goes, when you retire, he goes, I'll do everything I can to help you, you know, learn how to steer wrestle and stuff like that. But he goes, until that day comes, he goes, just promise me you will not jump, throw, slide, or toss one steer in my arena while you're still playing football. He (laughs) sure didn't want it to be his fault. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what he said. He goes, I don't want it to be my fault that you get hurt or something like that, you know, just some freak accident. And so I I promised him, and and sure enough, like I helped do it. I didn't. You know, I'd come with the shoots for them and stuff, and we'd rope a little bit and stuff, but I never did anything pertaining to steer wrestling until I officially retired from football. And, uh, you know, he, Johnny's been a great coach to me, and, man, he, he's been another guy that I've, I've leaned on. And, you know, learning how to, to enter rodeos and stuff, because him and, him and Sherry rodeoed together, and now, like Katie and I are rodeoing together, and and I'm sure you guys, you you both know this too. You know, it's like rodeoing as as a family and learning how to enter, and and uh, it kind of you feel kind of bad because you know, as a steer wrestler, if we get our preference, you know, we're kind of towards the bottom. Well, that kind of hurts the barrel racers because you know they want to be towards the top, and it's definitely know, for, not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal, but it's like you kind of learn, you know. Okay, well maybe we don't buddy here because you know the, the ground's not always great, but we try to enter the same way so we can get up. You know, if we if we're lucky, we get up the same way that way we can still travel together. And so we, like Kitty and I both, you know, we go to Johnny and Sherry quite a bit and ask questions and try to learn from them. And, and you know, they've been absolutely amazing. And, and so it's it's been fun. It, it really has, but. You know, I've got a lot to learn. Katie, she, you know, she's she's a lot smarter than I am, and and sure, she she's kind of got it down. But you know, it's 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 been fun. I, I'm just enjoying, you know, getting to do it now, and uh, excited for you know years to come for both of us. You know, it's just Kate. She's got some really good horses right now, and they're they're pretty impressive. And so, uh, it's right now, and like I'm. I'm looking for that nice horse, you know, to to kind of help me get to the next level, and and so I've we've talked about it, and it's like anything I can do to help her. If she needs me to drive from one area to the next, I don't care. I'll do it, you know, just because you know I want to see her go and do good and be successful and and uh, you know accomplish her goals. Well, you brought you you have that's a lot of cool things that you just shared in a short amount of time. But one thing I think yeah. we better we better backtrack and say real quick is I think we all know on the phone 
who Katie's parents are, but listeners may not realize that the Johnny that you're talking about is, of course, John W. Jones, who had an amazing career himself in the steer wrestling. Um, so yeah, what a what a coach um, and what a leader to have to follow there. You're, mm-hmm. and, and you know, between her family ties and the background that the two of you have as a couple, man, I don't know if there's a bigger possibility for kind of a power couple rodeoing going. It, there's lots of opportunities for you guys, and we look forward to watching that. So I have a question that kind of kind of takes things a little bit different way. Um, of course, we all follow each other on Facebook, et cetera. And I think it's it's really important for people in all parts of rodeo to understand um, fitness and mm-hmm. and how we how we train and how we um, make sure that ourselves as rodeo athletes um, keep ourselves at the top of our game or get yourself to the top of your game. What is what is a conditioning program look like for you, and does it vary greatly from when you were playing football? Uh, yeah, it it does. I mean, I I still work work out. You know, I'm I'm in the gym four days a week. You know, at most, still you know lifting weights and and trying to stay fit. Uh, I kind of use uh, my my steer wrestling practice as conditioning and stuff. So that that's kind of uh, taking the place of field work from when I was playing football as far as, you know, changing direction, agility work, speed work, stuff like that. Uh, but as far as in, in the gym, actually lifting weights, and uh, it hasn't changed too much. You know, I I don't – I know I just posted a picture or a video on Instagram last week of, you know, like deadlifting 495 pounds and, and stuff, and – uh, so there's, there's a few things like I'm, I'm still lifting, like I was playing football and, you know, I'm trying to move 300 pound men and, and stuff like that. But there's other areas of it where I've really scaled back and it's more about just staying toned and, and fit and, you know, just kind of keeping my, my core and everything tight that way. Um, you know, with the injuries and stuff that I've had playing football, it, like with my back and my shoulders and and stuff it as long as i stay well conditioned and in 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 shape that stuff doesn't bother me and so uh as long as i can and and it's not much it was the same playing football so it's you know when you play at that you know the nfl is the the pinnacle of football that's where every at, high school college football player that's the dream they they want to get to and stuff and what goes into it behind everybody sees what happens on on Saturday or Sunday you know depending on what level you're playing at but what they don't see is what goes on behind the curtain in a sense mm-hmm. that you know what happens and what goes on leading up to that day as far as our time in the gym on the field um in the classroom learning you know we're we're mentally ready or we're physically ready in the classroom, you know, and not just during the season either. There is so much done from uh, April to, you know, kickoff on game, you know, opening day. And, you know, we we run and we stay conditioned so we can perform at the high, at our highest level at any time. And I've tried to bring that mentality in to the rodeo world with me as far as 
you know, staying physically fit and and ready to go at at a moment's notice. In a in a sense, you know, it's uh, you know, I'm not trying to uh, bench as much as possible or squat as much as possible, and you know, like I did when I was playing football because it, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. But I'm still well, trying to. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if as much. I mean, if you just deadlifted 495 pounds, I'm pretty sure you're set to handle about whatever, yeah. whatever sphere they run at you. Yeah, and so, like, but you know, it's like it's more about just staying, keeping my muscle tone, and and staying strong, mm-hmm. and so my body doesn't hurt, and I can go run 20 head of steers in the practice pen on the ground, and and not feel it the next day, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I am a true believer because that, you know, if you stay physically fit and, and keep your, take care of yourself and, and eat well and that you're going to feel better and you're going to, you're going to have a healthier life. Um, a guy I work for, it, I, I work for a gym in, in San Luis Obispo uh, when I'm home and, you know, I'm I'm coaching CrossFit classes, and like this next week, we're we're starting TRX classes and stuff that we'll be coaching. And and uh, the guy I work, uh, Wilson Markham, and uh, he's a great guy, and um, he's like in his fifties. He's like in his mid fifties, and we were talking the other day, and I go, I asked him, I go, Wilson, how old are you? He goes, Oh, I'm like, 50. he goes, I'm pretty sure I'm fifty two, fifty three, and like I thought he was only a couple years older than me. You know, he looks young and he's fit and, you know, and it just goes to show that, you know, the more you stay in shape and, and you don't have to go be a power lifter or anything like that, but as long as you're active and you're fit and you feel good about yourself, it's going to keep you young, you younger and more active and just, just a more healthier life, you know, uh, yeah. but I don't mean to preach at anybody or, you know, anything like that, but that's just that's just kind of what I believe. Yeah. Well, you know, we all we all need to look to um, look to people like you that have some some different background and some different um, knowledge and abilities. And in my mind, I don't think it's preaching. I think it's coming from somebody that's been in one of the most athletically demanding sports there are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trying to trying to give rodeo athletes an edge. You know, um, all mm-hmm. of us all of us need to learn every day about opportunities to make ourselves better. And I think that's crucial. But so my next question, you talked about, you know, from kindergarten on, from a little, little boy on, you wanted to go to the NFL and Mm -hmm. you, you reached that goal. So, so what's next? If, if Bear Pasco and and Katie get up in the morning and write down your goals in, uh, in a journal or whiteboard it or whatever you do, um, what, what's the goal for you two? Uh, Right now, and it's kind of funny you talk about you know writing down your goals and stuff. Like I've been working with an old old football coach of mine from Fresno State, John Baxter. He coaches at USC and like great motivator. He is the definition of a coach and uh, just an amazing man. And so he, I've I've been talking with him over the past couple of weeks. It just about just you know d- developing a plan and being more organized and developing, uh, setting targets. And, and we call them targets because a target is something you shoot at and something you hit. Mm -hmm. And so 
at the top right now for for Katie and I, uh, if you had to put a target at the top of the list, it'd be a gold buckle, you know, winning the mm-hmm. world at the NFR. And that'd be number one, you know, as of right now. And uh, I think we both have a like mindset to get there. And we wake up, her and I both wake up every morning and that's what we're working towards. And, uh, you know, I don't know about her per se, but I know for myself, um, if I was able to accomplish that in the next couple of years, I wouldn't be against just pulling the old Sid's diner and, you know, doing the old mic drop and walking out, you know, just kind of, <laughs> you know, right. down and call it good, you know, just cause there's, there's other stuff I want to go do. And, and, you know, I want to keep working towards some stuff and, and like, there's some possibilities here in San Luis as far as, you know, training young athletes and stuff like that. And that's something else I'm really passionate about. I love seeing a young athlete progress, you know, athletically and, and going, getting better, coming in on day one and seeing on that day 50 how much they've progressed and, and gotten better. And, like, that is just, like, that's awesome to me, you know. And uh, that's something else I'd like to do. And uh, But right now it's all about getting to the NFR and, you know, being successful there. And, uh, you know, that's that's our number one goal right now. And so, so we'll see. Well, God willing, we'll get there. Right, absolutely. <laughs> as, as, uh, as you just said, Bear, you know, hopefully there's a gold buckle, whether it has a barrel racer or a steer wrestler, I have no doubt, you know, it would bless you both, you know, to have that sitting next to that Super Bowl ring, you know, in your, in your trophy case in your house. And, and, uh, you know, it sounds like you both have been blessed with, you know, great past and, and a lot of opportunities. And you, you've mentioned a few things here about, you know, helping train young athletes and stuff. What is something, as you look back on your career and, and your focus and your drive to get to where you are today, what is something, some advice you would give to a kid that's in high school right now, a kid that's you know, in college that that dreams of the same thing but just doesn't know how to get there or what to do. What is yeah. what is a piece of advice that, you know, we could kind of, you know, bring our conversation, you know, piece one to a close of of that you would give, you know, a young athlete and, and help, you know, push them to the next level? Okay. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd probably tell them a few things. Uh, you know, while I was in the NFL – um, I did a few NFL plate sixties and, and stuff like that, uh, with some young kids. And one of the things I always told them was there's no shortcuts. There's no shorts, shortcuts in life. Uh, you know, so if you want something and, and, and this is one thing I have in like my constitution and stuff that I, I try to live by is like anything worthwhile in life is worth putting in the effort for and working for. Uh, so there's no shortcuts. If you want something, you're going to have to put in the work for it. And, you know, there's no certain, you know, there's no pill or no shortcuts. It's going to get you there. You have to work hard for something you you want. And 
that makes it that much more special when you accomplish that, when you hit that target. Is if you, when you look back and you've put in the work, you've, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears to get there, and then when you hit that target, it will make it so much, so much more uh, worth it and uh, gratifying. And the other thing I'd, I'd tell them is dream big and don't be afraid to go get it. You know, it's going to take, like I said, it's going to take work and there's going to be ups and downs. But if you want to, you know, if you want to play in the NFL, you want to play in the NBA, you know, major leagues, or, or you want to win a gold buckle, you can get there. You you got to, you know, you're going to have to put in the work for it and there's going to be ups and downs, but don't be afraid to dream about it and go chase it. And, you know, you're going to need a good coach. So that's the other, that's a, the third thing I'd say is, you know, you got to find good role models. And that was one thing I was always blessed to have in my life was, you know, starting with my dad, you know, he's my hero. And I will always, you know, from, from day one till, you know, forever, I will always look up to that man and, you know, strive to be as good as he is. And, you know, football coaches, I had great football coaches and, and got men that I looked up to and were able to mentor me and kind of push me in the right direction. So if you got good mentors, a, a dream or a goal or a target that you want to get to and you have the work ethic to get there, there's nothing that can stop you if you're willing to put in the time and go do it. Right, absolutely, and, and very powerful words, I guess, to to bring everything to a close, you know, here, and, and uh, we sure appreciate you taking your, you know, your evening to visit with us and time away from Katie and everything, but uh, tell everybody hello, and, and uh, thanks, Bud, for, for sitting down with us and giving us, you know, passing on the past life of, of Bear, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, things people may not have ever known i guess so thanks man and and uh we will be touching base with you again we have no doubt we're going to see that mic drop moment from both of you guys so we uh, (laughs) are excited to watch and see where things go oh thank you guys very much and thanks for having me on tonight i sure enjoyed it and uh yeah we'll have to hit some audio this summer up there in the montana area i I sure had fun this last year coming up and hanging out with you guys it was a lot of fun and uh we'll definitely do it again for sure Sounds good, bud. Thank you. You bet. You guys have a good one. You too. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Beaverhead Home and Ranch for bringing you the latest podcast. Until next time, keep your truck tires turning towards your next goal, and remember, ride to your spot every time. Our